Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Amen. Come on, can we give God a praise one more time? <clears throat> we cultivate a culture of honor. Um, uh, <clears throat> if you know anything about my wife and I, we've been raised in different homes, uh, different upbringings. Uh, uh, one of the things that you first learn in relationships is like they were raised a little bit different from the way I was raised. Like I was having this conversation with her and I was saying, you mean to tell me like you weren't born waking up with a bucket of anointed oil on your forehead before you went to school? That, she's like, no, I woke up with my mom reading the Bible and smoking a cigarette. Like, that was just normal. <laughs> and one of the things that were normal for me is that my father would actually force us to pray and read the Bible. Like, he would, for, when, when I talk about force, I'm not talking about a suggestion. Like, millennial parents, like, God bless you guys, but you guys do a lot of suggesting. There was no suggesting. As a matter of fact, when my parents suggested something, that was an order. When they said should, it meant you better. Like, I love these parents, the parents that give their kids options. Like, yeah, you just have, well, you should. What do you mean should? It's you better, and that's it. We had two type of kids growing up, good kids and bad kids. That's it. We have like ten type of kids now. Anyhow. And so my father would force us, and when I say force, he would literally make us pray out loud. And if we did not pray loud enough, guess what? We got the chancleta, we got the belt, we got the hanger, and we got anything at his disposal that was right by. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like he would literally force us, and he would, like, whip us and say, it wasn't out, that wasn't loud enough, you better come correct. And he would also make us read the Bible. And get this, he would make us read the Bible in Espanol. In Spanish. In Spanish. Could you imagine that? He would force us to speak Spanish in the home and he would make us read the Bible. And I remember one of those days he sat us down, right? Sitting right here. My brothers are sitting around. And poor Fofo, Fofo couldn't even read English. And he was just like, um. Poor folk didn't even know how to read English yet. He was trying to read Spanish. And uh, he, he still might not know. Anyhow, um, and my father would be like, listen, I, 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 you guys got to read Spanish. And I remember we were in this passage of Scripture. We were in the book of Colossians. And I remember in the, in the passage of Scripture, it's Paul speaking about the order of the family. And what he says, he says, hey, wives, you ought to submit to your husbands. And my father's reading that in his Spanish. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like he goes, porque la mujer tiene que someterse. It sounds so much more profound in Spanish. I wish you guys could lean in and hear this. 
Porque la mujer se tiene que, and he's reading it, and he's, okay, you're next, you read. And, and then the next one is, is about uh, uh, the husband has to love his wife. And he would say, you see, that's what I do as a husband. I love your mother. And, and then the next one he would read with such authority. And the next one was, was something like, it's, children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Did you hear that? Escuchate eso. Eh? Children, obey your parents. You hear what the Bible says? Children, obey. And we're like, okay, okay, dad. Okay, okay, what, what do you want? And he's like, you feeling the Holy Spirit? No, I'm scared. <laughs> right? And then, and then here's the thing. When you read Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, which is the verse. I, I'm traumatized. I don't forget these things. I'm the, the verse says, children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. The next verse, my father did something. This is the next verse. The next verse says, fathers do, not, fathers do not provoke your children to anger lest they become discouraged. You know what my father did? I was, I was, I was like, you cheater. <laughs> because my father, he skipped the verse. <laughs> yeah, I promise you. I could not believe this. I was like trying to understand this. And I'm like, I know how to read Spanish enough to know that this verse says, hijos, it says padres. And I'm like, wait, no, wait. This says, I said, no, 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 papi, papi, go back to that verse. He goes, no, don't worry about it. Let's get back. And the next verse is talking about slaves. He goes, let's go to the slaves. And he's like, and I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going back to verse 27 and 28. Come on, let's go. And I, I need you to read that. And, 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 and I literally, I, 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 I don't know what came over me. <laughs> All those whippings finally took a toll on me. And I was just like, no, 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 Bobby, you're going to go to verse. You're going to go back to that verse. And that verse says, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. I said, Bobby, I'm discouraged. And I just couldn't imagine that my father was skipping a verse. And I thought about this because I think that sometimes we skip stuff, skip things in our lives. And the reason that we skip is because, like, you ever saw somebody try to skip a line? Right, you try to skip a line. I remember we were waiting in line and, um, and Reuben had a friend, like, 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 in the front of the line. And I was like, nah, I'm not skipping that line. And Reuben's like... All right, that's your conviction. <laughs> and he goes and he skips the line. And I'm just like, yo, I am not. Because when you skip something, you're essentially you're undermining what you're skipping. And my father was skipping a verse. And I just think that's a little picture of human nature when it comes to reading the scriptures. Isn't it interesting that we can oftentimes read the Bible and try to pick and choose what we want to apply in our lives and then skip the things that we might not want to apply in our lives? Like, you know what scripture I love applying to my life? The one that says, wives, submit to your husbands. And all the men say, don't say it. I love, oh, I love that scripture. I like, I feel the Holy Ghost when I read Wives, submit to your husbands. I love it. You know what scripture I don't like? The one that says, husbands, love your wives the way Christ. See, I'm good with it. I'm good here. I'm good. Love, uh, husband, love your wives. Got that. No, the way Christ. 
loves the church. That he gave himself for her. What? I can't even give myself to my wife when we're fighting who should be in front of the mirror the longest. <laughs> like we're fighting over the mirror. Like, yo, excuse me. Like you're beautiful already. I got I to gotta work this. Some, some of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of us fearfully made. Some of us wonderfully made. <laughs> and, I, I, and, and I just think like, like we take many times this approach when it comes to reading the Bible. Like, like we'll apply certain verses and we'll skip certain verses and we'll apply certain principles and we'll skip certain prim principles. And I think that sometimes that's just human nature, right? We kind of pick and choose whatever we want and we just kind of like skip over the things that, eh, that's not for me, you know. But here's, here's something I want you to really get when it comes to the Bible. And it's this, that we as followers of Jesus, and maybe you haven't understood this before in the past, but when you choose to follow the person of Jesus, when you choose to follow the person of Jesus, Jesus prepares you for heaven. But when you choose to follow the principles of Jesus, the principles of Jesus will prepare you for earth. See, when I follow the principles, when I follow the person of Jesus, guess what's going to happen? You're going to go straight to heaven in a million-dollar jet. You die, boom, in heaven, done. But when you follow and you begin to walk through the principles of Jesus, you begin to escort heaven to earth. See, when you begin to follow Jesus, you're going straight to heaven. You, 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 I'm telling you, you're going on a private jet right there to heaven. But when you begin to follow the principles of Jesus, and many times in life, people never make the transition from following the person of Jesus. They place their faith in Jesus. They're going to heaven, but they never experience heaven on earth. Not because they're not going to heaven. They're, they are going to heaven, but they never experience heaven on earth because they don't choose to follow the principles of Jesus. And I just think that when it comes to honor, honor is one of those principles that many times we can begin to just skip over. You know what I mean? Like we, could, we, can, we can just kind of like involuntarily skip over, not realizing the importance of the principle of honor. In fact, in the scriptures, honor is one of the most important principles that are explained and expressed and I just think, like, I don't want to be the kind of church that skips and picks and chooses what principles we're going to follow. My opinion is this, that we're going to follow what the scriptures say because this is what Paul tells Timothy. He says, all scripture is God-breathed, God-inspired. You can't pick and choose what you want to apply in your life. And I want to be the kind of church community that says my opinion is the one that aligns with the word. I'm not going to pick and choose what my principles are. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is inspired by God. And it's for the training of righteousness. Anybody want to walk in righteousness in this house? Our statement of honor is this. If we can put that on the screen. I don't, I don't know if, we, if I sent that, but I'll read it to you. It says, we, this is our statement of honor of Christ's uncensored. It is, we willingly choose to submit to each other and to those God has placed as leaders, mentors, and pastors in our lives. We express our honor in words, 
and in action. We believe we are honoring God by honoring our spiritual authority. First Timothy says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. Especially those who labor in preaching and in teaching. And so again, when it comes to honor, it's oftentimes recognized better than it is defined. We can recognize honor, we can sense honor, but many times it's easier for us to sense it and recognize it than it is for us to define it. It's fact, it's sort of this mysterious quality when you think about honor. It's like, what is honor? Like, I, I honor, I'm not sure what honor is because many times when it comes to honor, we think honor is obedience, but you can teach someone how to follow a command and still not possess the heart of honor. See, you can teach someone how to be polite and kind. Have you ever seen someone say something nasty? Or uh, uh, you could say thank you in a nasty way. Thank you. <laughs> Have you ever seen someone hold their nastiness that it looks like it's about to explode? Please. Right, you can teach someone how to follow a command. You can teach someone how to be polite and kind, but still not have honor. Someone shout honor. honor. So honor is this elusive intangible that is easier caught than it is taught. And so many times when, 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 when you're talking about honor, it's easier for you to catch it. You have to catch this thing uh, better than it's taught. And so my heart here today is that I'm, as I'm teaching... You're not necessarily learning. As I'm teaching, you're catching. <laughs> Amen? And so when we look at honor, honor is, it means this. It means worth or value, but in the very literal sense. This original word in the original language is a, a, a word honor that is to ascribe worth. Everybody shout ascribe worth. It's to say, hey, listen, you are important to me. When you choose to honor someone, when you choose to ascribe worth and value to someone, you're saying to them, hey, listen, you are valuable to me. It's, it's almost communicating you are essential to what God wants to do in my life. When people use the word honor, they were talking about this was a purpose. This was not just simply uh, some type of, oh, we're just going to be obedient. No, I'm honoring you because I believe you are essential to my life. It's, what, it's saying this, I can receive from you. Because you cannot receive from someone you cannot honor. You might follow what they say, but it doesn't mean you received what they said. Because many times we fall in obedience simply because of a paycheck, not because of a heart of honor. Ooh, I'm, I'm coming for somebody today, man. <laughs> and so if we're not careful that we're not cultivating a culture of honor, if we're not careful, what will begin happening is that dishonor will become the norm. And what happens is in culture is that you'll begin to create a culture unintentionally of dishonor, but no one can properly define that it's dishonor because it's become the norm in the culture. 
And so when you, when you try to address honor and you try to talk about honor, people are like, what are you talking about? Like, honor? Like, what do you mean honor? I was just saying, I was just speaking my mind. Or I was just saying what I had to say. And I wasn't dishonoring anyone. But when you understand honor, when you catch it, when you catch that thing, when you just, when you understand honor, it's not because someone told you ABC principles of honor. You just catch it in your heart. You just, there's something in your spirit that says, I got it. I, I, I catch it. Because honor kind of, honor shows up in the way, in the way you communicate to somebody. Honor shows up in the words a person chooses to speak. Honor shows up in a tone. When you choose to honor someone, you don't just speak to them any which way because I've chosen to honor them. Honor shows up in a disposition. Honor shows up in in a demeanor, in a willingness to listen. Honor shows up in in, in the way you, in in a look, in the way the eyes move when you look at someone. This is what honor looks like. Again, it's something that you catch more than it is something you learn. When you choose to honor, like, you you can tell so much about a person's understanding of honor by the way they react to someone else. You can, tell some, you can tell so much about a person's understanding of honor by the way they, they react to authority. You see, because here's what happens. You, you can tell. I've seen it over and over and over that I can see a husband by the way he speaks to his wife. It doesn't mean he, not, he does not love her. It doesn't mean he does not care for her. But just because he loves her and he cares for her doesn't mean that he honors her. You can see by the way a wife speaks to a husband if that wife honors her husband. It doesn't mean he does not, it doesn't mean she does not love him. It doesn't mean she will not feed him. It doesn't mean she will not nurture him. It doesn't mean any of those things. But it means that she might not have an understanding of honor because the cultural norm has become a culture of dishonor. And many, things, and many times we think that dishonor is blatant disrespect. But blatant disrespect is not dis, just dishonor. Honor is, dishonor is speaking to someone Less than the value they're supposed to have in your life. See, when you speak to someone that's supposed to have a, 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 a value that is essential in your life, a value that is full of purpose in your life, and you speak to them less than that value, that is a culture of dishonor. See, honor is when Joseph, when he didn't divorce Mary when she was pregnant with Jesus. See, honor is like, you see it in the Bible when David, he could have killed Saul. He was right next to him. He was using the restroom. And when I say restroom, he picked a tree. And, and David came and, and, and David could have killed him. He had his back. And he said, I, I forbid to touch God's anointed. Honor is when Joseph, when he could have slept with Potiphar's wife, and he said, no, I cannot dishonor the, the king. I cannot dishonor Potiphar. Uh, he's, he's been a blessing to me. How could I dishonor him? Honor is when Jesus died upon the cross for the joy that was set before him, obeying his father even unto death. I don't know about you, but I want to create a culture of honor in this church community. If you believe that, give God a praise in this room. Have you noticed, can, can I, have you noticed that this culture in this country has lost their ability to disagree? Like, it's like, it's like disagreement is like, eh, I don't know what disagreement is. Like, what? And if you're in disagreement with someone, it means you hate them. It means that you don't want 
anything for them. It means that you wish death upon them. And, and we have lost our ability to disagree with one another. And, and I just want to show you something real quick. Uh, Ruben, come here for a second. Ruben, Lisa, come here. Uh, Sheila, come here for a second. May, can you come here for a moment? Jenny, Kuyuch. Her and Kelby won last year, uh, this year. They won a trip to Jamaica, Queens. <laughs> can, I, can I show you something? Can I show you something? We have lost our ability to disagree. Can, can, can you see this team right here? Can I hold my hand? You, you see this team right here? And we have more of our leaders. You see this team right here? This is, this is part of the leadership team. Do you think that we always disagree? Agree? First of all, look who's holding my left hand. <laughs> what, I'm sorry, what did you say? No, no. Oh, okay. She says she disagrees. right here, do you think that we always agree? No, there are times. I'm the pastor of this church, and there's times that I get voted out of my opinion. <laughs> Why? Because I am ascribing worth to the people that God has placed in my life. Now watch this. You see this team right here? This is, this is an impeccable team. Let me tell you sometimes. Sometimes we're in a meeting and we don't always agree. Sometimes our meetings get a little bit passionate and heated. <laughs> but guess what? When we walk out of that room, we walk out as if we all agree, even though we disagree. Why? Because we choose to honor one another. I choose to ascribe worth to these valuable people in my life. And when I choose to, oh, listen, when we choose to ascribe worth to one another, here's what, here's what doesn't happen. We don't leave that room and then uh, uh, May calls uh, uh, Sheila and be like, can you believe what Pastor Rose said? I'm telling you, this is why I try to, no, we walk out of there with one voice. I walk out of there Agreeing with their opinions many times, even though it opposes my, this is what we decided because we are one. And we may not agree on every single topic, but here's what we do agree on. That we honor one another, that we're going to ascribe worth to one another, that she's absolutely essential to my life, that Jenny's absolutely essential to my life, that Lisa, well, you know, she's absolutely essential to my life. We're going to choose to cultivate a culture of honor. If you believe that in this place, come on. Put your hands together. Make some noise in this room. Thank you so much. Let's give it up for our leadership. <laughs> Honor is a chosen virtue. It's a chosen virtue. It's a chosen virtue. You have to choose to honor. You have to choose to honor someone. We have to choose to honor our, our, our wife, men, we, our husbands. We have to choose to honor our wife. We have to choose to honor those that God has placed in our authorities, in our authority. Uh, uh, ladies, we have to choose to honor our husband. Wives, we have to choose to honor our, why do we have to choose? Because many times it won't come organically. Why? Because I know that there's people that sometimes are not so honorable. I know sometimes there's been times in my life that I haven't been an honorable person, but my wife has chosen to honor me. But guess what? In choosing to honor me, she lifted me up and encouraged me in such a way that I had to live up to the honor that she was giving me. 
And so we have to choose, but in choosing to honor, we also have to choose something over other things. And the first thing I want to give you today, if you're writing notes, write this down. Please, this is so important. This will be the best message you ever hear on honor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number one, write this down. You have to choose purpose over familiarity. Write that down. When you're choosing to honor, you have to choose purpose over familiarity. Look what Matthew chapter 13 says. It says, he returned to Nazareth, his hometown, when he taught there in the synagogue. Everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and power to do miracles? He's just a carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mom. Like, yo, we know Mom Dukes over here like that. He was just up there. I mean, he was out here at 45th and 3rd. You know what I mean? That's my man. He's a dude that was on the block. He was on the stoop. What was he doing? He was just chilling. Like, this is my... That's, that's Jesus and Maria. Like, what Jesus, what's Jesus doing over here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, casting out devils, healing the sick. That's Jesus. Like, we saw Jesus. He was building the little toys out of wood. Like, we know Jesus. That's what they were doing. What were they doing? They chose to view him from the lenses of familiarity rather than the lenses of the purpose that Jesus had. Notice he, he was, they were astonished, the Bible says. They were amazed. I thought they were amazed at his miracles. They weren't amazed at his miracles. They were amazed that he was capable to perform those miracles. Oh, my God. I'm preaching to someone. They were amazed. Like, how could, how could, how could, how could Jesus, and he says, he's just a carpenter. Be careful many times when we allow the words and the language of he's just to come into our lives. How easy we can allow familiarity to creep in. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to dishonor the most those that God has called us to honor the most. Because we've allowed familiarity to kind of creep in. And it's like, yo, the church today will never see Jesus as an ordinary man, as a familiar person. We see Jesus with purpose. But how often God puts people in our lives that are formed in the image of God. And rather than ascribe honor to them and ascribe worth to them and to see them with the purpose that God has placed in their life, we simply choose to allow familiarity to set in and demote them from the purpose that God has placed them in our lives. Oh, oh, that's just, you know, that's just, that's just Reuben. That's just Drew. Ah, huh. oh, that's just Anthony. That's just, that's just Zab. And wait, wait, hold on a second. Be careful that you're demoting the people that God has called you to honor. And you're literally demoting them for the intentional purpose that God has for them. Watch this, watch this. Jesus could not perform many miracles. It didn't say he didn't want to. As a matter of fact, he just came from another country. He came to his home country. And when he comes to his home country, what takes place? They, the same Jesus that was performing Miracles in a foreign land was now in his hometown 
wanting to perform miracles, wanting to pour blessings upon his people, wanting to perform the best upon people that he loved. And because they did not value him by his purpose, the Bible says he could not perform miracles. Can you imagine, could it be that we're not getting the most out of the people that God has placed in our lives simply because we're allowing familiarity to seep in instead of honor. See, the key, honor is the key to unlocking the blessing that God has for you through others. It's the vehicle of blessing and its limitation is dependent on the level of honor you, you, you give it. So honor is the vehicle on which you're going to, God wants to pour blessing upon you. But because you've chosen a path of familiarity instead of a path of honor, you're getting less than what God has intended for your life because you're still with the mentality of, oh, that's just Lisa. Oh, that's just Kevin. Oh, that's just, that's just, you know, that's just, and God is saying, what? Do you know the blessing that Frank is supposed to be in your life? Do you know the blessing that he's supposed to speak into your life? Do you know the blessing that, and you over here like, no, nah, I don't know, that's just Frank. And his influence over your life and the blessing that God has for you that's deposited in him to pour into you is limited and stifled because you're simply, it's just, you know. <laughs> I want to be the kind of community that just pulls on people. What do you mean pulls? I, I, want, to, I want to honor you so much it, it, it pulls on your blessing. I, I want to honor you so much that you have no other choice but to rise up to the honor that I'm giving you. Let me tell you something. I, 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 want, to, I want to be honest with you. If there's two people that have played a significant role in my life, and they're not even people that lead me. They're people that have chosen to just simply honor me. And they have elevated me in their life. And just simply by elevating me in their life, I've if ever elevated my purpose. Reuben is my younger brother. And he said, he, he chose, that's going to be my pastor before he's my brother. Ronnie said, hey, I, 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 know, I, know, I, know you're, I know you're awesome and everything, but I just want you to be my mentor. And guess what? When you begin to honor someone, you begin to pull on them to trust you. When you begin to honor someone, you begin to pull on them to bless you. When you begin to honor someone, you get to pull on them to serve you. When you begin to honor someone and see them for who God put them in your life then, you begin to pull on them to celebrate you, to serve you, to begin to honor you right back. You encourage their purpose. You encourage their purpose. And, and, and catch this. Anytime purpose is absent, abuse will always be present. When you, know the, when you don't know the purpose of something, you begin to use it in a way that it was never intended for you to use. That's where the word abuse comes from. Abuse. Ab. Normal, the word ab is a compound word, abnormal use. So because you have not known the purpose, and, and, and this is where the apostle gets me every single time because I, I, I want to be able to transfer some of this into relationships because I think that if, if you have successful relationships in a church, you'll have a successful church. And I think the enemy has gone 
mad at trying to destroy relationships. Because I'll tell you right now, if the enemy can destroy the family unit, he, he actually destroys in which the way the, the, uh, the gospel is spread. Because if you look at the way the gospel was spread in the book of Acts, it was spread through families. So when the husband got saved, guess what? The whole family got saved. Why? Because there was honor in that home. But the enemy has destroyed the family unit. And now, and now no one, the, the, the husband is not, he's not the leader. And the, and the wife, she doesn't know what, she wants to be the leader. And, and God is saying, no, there's a family unit that I've created because I want salvation to take place throughout the whole world. And when you begin to honor, have you seen our programs lately? Name the last program where we saw the father figure being honored. Think about it. Just watch Netflix. Think about it, right? The father's always this, tarum, tarum, oh, jolly gosh, dish. Because the enemy wants to destroy the image of the one that we should honor. Huh. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. I thought the ladies were going to say amen there, but I guess not. Amen. Amen. <laughs> See, that was one of those nice, she was controlling it. That was like that. Thank you. Amen. Billy's like, amen. <laughs> for husbands, for the husband is the head of the wife. As also, I want to give you a preview to our relationship series that's going to happen in the next couple of months. I'm going to give you a little preview, all right? A little preview. Can I give you a little preview? For husbands is for husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. Notice that notion because many times we like we're the head of the wife and like no, as let me show you not just you can't define what the head of the wife looks like. Jesus has already defined it for you. As also Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as Christ is the subject is subject to Christ, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify her, cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word, that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. So husband ought to love, man, can, can you just stop with the husbands already? Like one line, wives, submit to your husbands. Everything else, husbands. So husbands ought to love their own wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord. Listen, I, 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 me and Lee talk about this all the time. Like you need to have a license to get into a relationship. I, I believe that. Like listen, would you drive a, would you drive a semi-truck without a license? And what are you doing getting into a relationship a relationship, a relationship, not knowing how to navigate through the waters and the waves of what it, like, I, we need to take a test before you get into a relationship. Like, you need to have at least a passing grade. Like, like husbands, you need at least a 75% average on knowing how to be 100% right, but walk like you're wrong. You need, you, need to, you need to be able to have, like, a license on this thing. Like, ladies need to know, like, you cannot want 
intimate, undivided time while he's watching the game. At least a 65 average. At least 65. Like, we need to be able to, like, I'm just like, I read that, and one of the things I see quickly, I'm like, wow, it's amazing because I see three things already. Number one, you need to be, if you're a husband and you want to be in a relationship, and if you're a lady and you want to be in a relationship, if you're a lady and you want to be in a relationship, listen, we're going to be in a relationship, but here's what you got to understand. Submission. And it's crazy because I always say, like, submission means sub, mission is a sub, I come under a mission. And many times there are many husbands proclaiming submission, but they don't have a mission for their wife to come. Ah. Submission. You don't have a mission, and then you want your wife to submit, and you a submission. There's no submission. It's hard to be under submission when there is no mission to come up under. And, and, and I, I look at husbands and I'm like, a husband's are like, well, I'm, I'm going to get into this relationship because I know how to work. Working and relationship, two separate things. I, I'm good at working. I'm good at 95. I'm good at providing. You know what I'm not good at? Understanding my wife. <laughs> I need, I, I failed that grade three times. I just, I just graduated last year after 10 years. Amen. I look at this and it says, look, holy. He says, you, you have to present the holy. If you are not capable of, prevent, of, 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 of making your wife holy, that word holy in this, in this language means the process of becoming like Jesus. If you're entering a relationship as a husband, as a fiance, you need to have this in mind. Am I capable of helping my wife become more like Jesus? Here's the second word, clean. <laughs> clean. The word clean there is talking about the word. Are you able to speak the word of God into your wife? If I'm not able to speak, <laughs> if I'm not able to speak the word of God into my wife, maybe I need to slow this down a little bit until I get the word of God inside of me so that I can begin to speak God's word over my. Am I preaching to anybody? Am I saving some relationships? <laughs> And it says, it says to present the, to yourself, because you wouldn't hurt your own body. Are, are you able to put her needs above your own? You know what was the success to my marriage? Me understanding that I needed to put my wife's needs above my own. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Me and my wife spoke about it the other day. I was just like, I was incapable We could close right here. I say, honey, two years ago, I was incapable of putting your needs over mine because I was too selfish. I was too selfish. I look at that row and I'm like, that dude was, that he was swimming in quicksand because there was no way that that dude with that level of selfishness would be able to put his wife's needs over and now it just comes organically to me it's just it's just something that I've intentionally done and now I'm just like how could I not put her how could I put how could I not put her needs before mine when Jesus Christ being God he said he said I am going to put on human flesh and become like you because I'm going to put your needs his need was what his need was was uh his need was justice (laughs) but he put your needs before his 
so that both needs could be satisfied. And this is what the Bible is saying. Hey, say, hey, when you bless your wife, you're blessing yourself. I spoke more to the men because Paul spoke more to the men. I'm not, I'm just saying. As the worship team comes up, number two, write this down. If we're going to choose to cultivate a culture of honor, here's the second thing you got to know. You got to choose wisdom over gossip. I'll wait for the amens. You have to choose wisdom over gossip. You want to see a church be destroyed? Gossip. You want to see a church crumble? Just begin gossiping. Begin gossiping about the leadership. Begin gossiping about the pastors. It's funny because I look at people's face and I know they've gossiped about me. It's funny. And like, oh, Pastor, you're so amazing. Liar. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> right? Like, I, 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 but, but I got to choose wisdom because he, there's a, I love this quote. There's, there's a quote that says this. It says, it says, gossip dies when it hits the wise person's ears. Ooh. Gossip dies when it hits. So I got to choose. I got to choose to be. I got to choose to be wise. And so when gossip comes my way, I got to choose to be wise and make sure that it doesn't. I'm not, I'm not a distributor of the, of the gossip that's going around. I'm going to make sure it dies with me. And if we're not careful, we'll be, become creative at forming ways to gossip. Have you seen Christians gossip? Gossip? You know how they, oh, let me tell you something because I want, Frank, I just want to let you know. Help me pray for Danny because, you know. Sheila, help me pray for uh, Trisha. Yeah. Um, Sheila, help me pray for uh, Shaquita. Did you hear about Shaquita? Yeah, she got four kids. And one on the way. Yeah, you know. Let's just keep her in prayer. And we become creative in the name of spirituality. We become professionals at gossiping about other people in a spiritual way just because we're attacking, hey, let's just pray about it. Nah, you pray about it. And I got to walk in wisdom. I got to choose wisdom. And here's what happens oftentimes. What happens, I just want to run through this quick. What happens oftentimes is, is that you'll begin to gossip and I'll spread it to person A and person A will spread it to person B and person B will spread, uh, spread it to person C. And guess what happens? Then you realize that the gossip that you heard was actually false. But you know what never takes place? The restoration. You never go back and be like, hey, you know that rumor that I heard is actually not true. And so the damage is already done. <laughs> Even though it was untrue from the beginning. You have to choose. Here's what they, 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 they the Bible says that they murmured amongst themselves. And Jesus could not live up to his purpose. Because they chose to murmur about themselves. What they should have done is begin to worship him and lift him up and glorify him and honor him and bless him. And say, and, and, and let me tell you, if we're not careful, we'll, be kind of, we'll, be, we'll become the kind of community that chooses to familiarize ourselves in such a way that we never honor each other. And now we start talking about each other and gossiping about each other and complaining about the two things that are going wrong when there's a hundred things going right. It's funny when people come to me with negativity, this is my first question, that's what you saw? 
That's all I say. I say, that's what you saw? That's what you saw? Because let me tell you what I saw. <laughs> I saw a Jesus that came from a far land to bring blessing, to bring miracles, to bring financial prosperity to his hometown. And because we chose not to honor him, he could not perform many. The third thing I want you to get, and this is what the Bible says. The Bible says they scoffed at him. They walked around with their noses high. That's what the Bible says. And here's the third thing I want you to write down if you're putting this. We have to choose humility over pride. We have to choose humility over pride. If we're going to be a church that cultivates a culture of honor, we have to choose humility over pride. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes, and I'm going to ask every couple in this room, can you just come to this altar right now? Come on. If you're, if you're, if you're in a relationship, just come Every couple in this room, just come. I want to pray for everyone here. Come on, come on, come on. It says, they got their noses all out of joint. That's what it says. They got their noses all out of joint. They refused to believe him. They saw the proof. They saw the miracles but they were too prideful to receive anything from a hometown hero. So many times we're so prideful towards God, the people that God puts in our path. We're so prideful towards the people that God puts in our path. And we choose, watch this, this is what Jesus says. Jesus, watch this, he says, a prophet is honored everywhere else except in his hometown. He wasn't stating his intention. He was stating what it has evolved to. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, your very own home prophets go to other places and become a greater blessing in other places because they are honored somewhere else that they are not honored in their home. But if you would choose to honor your own prophets here at your home, they will be the same blessing that they were to the distant land. And many times, I can't tell you how many times I see this over and over. We choose to honor people. I don't want to be the kind of community. I don't want to be the kind of church that has to bring a prophet from Argentina to come over here and speak a prophetic word over your life that your leaders have been telling you for the last three years. And all of a sudden, oh, I caught it. took a prophet from Argentina to come here and tell you what your pastor's been telling you for the last three years. Yeah, God spoke to me. What he told me? Well, he, he told me that, you know, I needed to start walking in my calling. Man, God saw him now. What? I don't want to be that kind of community. I don't want to be that kind of community. I want to be the kind of community that Jesus intended for our church and it's this that the prophets and the men of God and the leaders that God puts in this house I'm going to take it like a prophet from a foreign land came all the way from wherever to come and speak in my life I made a decision a long time ago and I think some of us have made that decision in this church that I'm never going to put another preacher's word over the preacher that God has placed in my life you know who's my preacher? And I'm not ashamed to say it. Russ Hodgins. That's my mentor. Pastor Russ Hodgins speaks to me. I am going to listen. 
whatever he tells me, I, I refuse to put Stephen Furtick's word over Pastor Russ Hodgins' life. I refuse to put Judah Smith's word over Pastor Russ Hodgins' life. Why? Because guess what? Stephen Furtick is assigned to Stephen, the, the people that are in his care, in his, chef, in his sheepfold. And I refuse to honor Stephen Furtick more than <laughs> my pastor. I refuse to honor T.D. Jakes over, guess what? When my pastor speaks, it's like T.D. Jakes spoke to me directly, prophetically. I don't get to choose. God already chose for me. I believe that in relationships, I'm not going to allow another person to honor her more than me. I refuse. I don't want her to ever feel more honored by the people in this church more than I honor her. You know why? Because of the last verse that we cover here. Because this is the kind of church we want to be. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo both. Well, we're not with brotherly affection. You know what I'm saying? Outdo one another showing honor. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? Can you imagine the church that honors each other in such a way? Like, wait, oh, you're going to honor me? Hold on a second. I got something coming for you right now. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to outdo you in honor. You're going to bless me? I'm going to outdo you in blessing. You're going to speak life into me? I'm going to outdo you in speaking life into you. I'm going to make sure that I'm the kind of pastor that is speaking life and honor and blessing and hope and peace. Come on, if you believe that in this place, give God a shout in this room. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.